folks, you know how No Picks does. We always do amazing episodes, amazing guests. And this one, this is going to be hot up like the frying pan. And I'm excited to be here. You know how you always want to take a little peek in the tech world and you see all these cool signs downtown like, what is that company? They have the coolest sign in the skyline in Baltimore. And I'm so excited to talk to one of the co-founders of the company that we're going to talk about. You'll find, we'll talk to the co-founder right after these messages, folks. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks at the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. I told you guys we're going to always have the best... We give you guys the best guests because guess what? You guys deserve the best. And we are in location. We're at Harbor East, I would say, Harbor East right now. And it's a beautiful brick facade. This beautiful building. The team has been amazing to us. It's just been an amazing experience. And we have, as our guests today, I'm excited to introduce from R2 Integrated, the co-founder and the senior vice president of business development, Mr. Chris. How are you? Hey, great. Great to be here. I got it right. <laughs> yes, it's a mouthful, I know. <laughs> How are you doing today? Hey, doing really well. Thank you for inviting me, inviting me into your home. I call this your home. This, this is a beautiful place. I'm so excited to be here today. 
Uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, you know, we had an all hands, as you know, uh, uh, today with all the people in our company attending, and we do that quarterly, and you were our guest today, so it's wonderful to hear your story. You know, shout out to Brittany for uh, reaching out to me. Amazing experience. You know, when she reached out, I was like, are you sure you got the right email? I don't know, about, but I'm very excited to be here and talk with you about the company. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the skyline. That was a big thing back in like the big the big sign on the skyline off Pratt Street because you guys were next to visit Baltimore. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to have that sign. You know, sometimes I'd, I'd watch uh, Monday Night Football and they'd do the you know the span of of Inner Harbor and you'd see the sign in the background. It'd be like, oh look at that, you know. Or you know, I get friends who go down Pratt Street one way and they see the sign. So yeah, we got a lot of uh, lot of credibility out of that sign for sure. I love it. So tell the audience a little bit about. R2I. Tell what is what is what are you what are you guys about? What, tell us a little bit about it. We're about yeah. So we're we're a digital marketing firm, you know. And the way I like to kind of say we kind of have two sides of the coin. So one side we focus on marketing technologies, so helping companies figure out which technologies make the sense for them, um, you know, what what they need, where they have gaps, uh, and then how to implement that and optimize it. And the other side of the coin is really our agency services. So that's uh, things like uh, media, you know, things that you're involved with, different types of channels, optimizing those, um, looking at the analytics, the data, you know, it drives that, uh, getting those personalized experiences. So, you know, the designs that are needed behind that. So we're all about the digital on both sides of the technology and then the services. Okay, so I'm glad you gave us a brief synopsis. I love that. But we got to know a little bit about you. Before we get, we got to get people invested in you. Okay. I don't know who you, are you from Baltimore? Are you from Maryland? Or are you from the region? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, my wife would say I'm from a different country. I'm from Hartford County. Okay. So Bel Air. Uh, <laughs> she grew up south of Baltimore. But, yeah, I kind of grew up uh, in Hartford County. Um, actually born in Baltimore, but we lived out there for, you know, my childhood. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, grew up in Bel Air, and that's where I'm from. What is your favorite childhood memory growing up in Bel Air or just Maryland in general? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're from around here, I mean, going down to Ocean City, hon, you know, you know, it was always like a real exciting to go down there. But I also kind of lived in a little bit of an idealistic type of um, setting, you know. My parents moved from Baltimore out to this new development, and... Um, I mean, I was right next to the woods and just all kids my age. And so I never went to a summer camp because, you know, the way I look at it, my summer camp was I opened the door each morning in the summertime and just, you know, ran outside in the woods or hung out with the kids. You know, my neighborhood went to the pool. So really a, a great childhood growing up and, uh, you know, felt kind of a little insulated in, in that kind of like Hartford County, you know, country kind of setting. You know, it's funny. You talk about something that really is – near and dear to my heart. I love what you're talking about, going out with your friends, playing outside. Nowadays, you don't see that like you used to. But, you know, I remember just that was my favorite thing, going outside, playing outside, and just being a kid. Just having no, having, you had no um, responsibilities. Yeah, I, you, know, you know, being a parent now, I don't know how my mom did it because in <laughs> a sense she was just like, okay, go out, and then I'd hear, like, literally go out the door and yell my name at, like, 5 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. dinner, you know, and, like, for six hours, eight hours, I was just gone. Right. <laughs> you know, for the most part. So, yeah, it's, it's a little different time. It's a little different times. I'm not saying that my parents would be like, we would ride our bikes all around everywhere. Just, just be back or dinner. That's all we care. Be back. Because, remember, we didn't have cell phones. 
Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> I'm a pay phone. <laughs> I think I'm lower than you, so yeah, I, I know. I'm there. <laughs> well, we have the phone, and you got to go around the, 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 from one all the way around and the two and around. So. Oh, yeah. We had the string on the phone, you know, like yeah. the cord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, where'd you go? Where'd you end up going to college? Where'd you go up studying? Yeah, I went to a school in Virginia called uh, Randolph-Macon. Okay. Uh, I've looked at a couple of area schools in Maryland. I played lacrosse, uh, so it was one of the coaches that recruited me. Division three, kind of a small school. Um, you know, really, really great environment uh, to go to college. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. I majored in computer science. Is that so? You were, like, before, like, the boom of, like, you know, computer science. Because I remember that wasn't – I remember when – see, I remember my, our first computer we had – uh, what was that? Oregon Trail on it. And it was like slow. And we had the big floppy disk oh, yeah. that you had to put in. Oh, yeah. And that was so brand new. Like, that was like the newest thing. But you're, Heather, what, what made you want to get into that? Like, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Like, just because it yeah, wasn't, it was around, it was out, but it wasn't really out, out like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of lucky because they, they had that as a major. I, I went in as pre med, just thinking, oh, I want to be a doctor. Okay. No particular reason. Uh, got a C for a semester in biology. I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to switch something <laughs> around here. But I've always been science and math oriented. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, it's a computer science thing. And unlike today in high schools where kids grow up, you know, coding, uh, it was new. Like you're saying, it's totally new. And, and I had a great, I had the actual head of the, uh, the computer science department give the first uh, uh, course that I took. Mm -hmm. And I remember this, that... Uh, it literally, I was right in the cost of getting a, a C or a B going to the final exam. Mm. And, uh, and I wound up getting a C, but I went to see this, this teacher afterwards and uh, just to go over the, the exam and learn. And he's like, well, maybe there's a different way to do this. And he actually flipped uh, the C into a B. Wow. And it just gave me the confidence I could do it. Never got a B again, got an A and all the rest of the courses in computer science. And the uh, rest is history. It was just sort of like problem solving. And I, I just loved it. I really, I, was in, I spent hours in the lab, you know, past midnight during the week. It was just, uh, it was my thing. Wow. Did you ever want to do like, did you ever build a computer yourself? Did you ever build one by yourself and, and, and during the college years and break it down? No, not, not like Michael Dell, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, post-college, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Man, many, many computers. It was uh, sort of one of the side hustles I did. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first job out of college? What was the first gig? Yeah, well, uh, I had I, I did an internship and wound up working for the guy. Didn't last too long for many reasons, but it was kind of doing a little bit of coding. And then, frankly, in that day, and I'm, I'm dating myself. This is probably uh, mid to late '80s, actually. Um, there weren't like as many opportunities as there are you know now for kids coming out of college. Mm -hmm. um, I literally worked as a, a carpenter's helper back here in Maryland for a bit, and then uh, and then I got lucky and. Um, I uh, wound up meeting someone that was at a company called ADP okay. and uh, up in New Jersey. And I wound up getting a job with them and working uh, as an account manager, going around a whole bunch of different companies, small businesses, learning how they uh, functioned. Uh, ADP had a, a software program. They're known for payroll, but they also had an accounting software program that I was in charge of like implementing and configuring and getting going. But the cool thing for me was I learned about different businesses, you know, who started, you know, a manufacturer, a service company, this company, whatever it was, and how they would need accounting and how it had to get set up. And I got to know these, these owners mm. firsthand. 
and some of the problems I had to deal with. And it was just a lot of fun to, to kind of explore that at that age that I was in. Wow. So we're going to figure out, was there growing up, was there ever an itch or somebody in your family that was an entrepreneur? Were they their own? Were they, did, they, did you know anybody like that growing up? You know, it's funny, not, not in my immediate family. It's, it's um, yeah, not, not really, but, but I, I had the bug early on. You know, it's kind of like a lot of kids, you want to, you know, hustle and make a little money. So I, I had in my neighborhood, I probably had about a dozen lawns or whatever, you know, people I cut. I also, I'd always had multiple jobs, so, you know, working at a restaurant, I worked at McDonald's, you know, those kinds of things. Um, nothing was below me. Uh, you know, I honestly would just get my hands dirty on whatever I could. And it wasn't all about money. It was really kind of um, just I had a lot of energy, first of all, and put towards something, put towards something, you know, learning or, or building or just, uh, you know, just kind of making use of my time that was positive. Now, you, you're working at ADP. Are you starting to think in your mind, I want to do my own thing? Uh, when does when that, that bug come in your mind where you're like, I yeah. kind of want to do my own thing. Uh, when did yeah. that start happening? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it started happening earlier, much earlier than that. Okay. I mean, yeah, before high school, just, just kind of understanding. I, I think I have an independent streak anyway. And so just, just kind of like, you know, taking the risk, but you get the reward. Mm. Um, you know, throughout college, I always worked and was always doing different things. I pushed myself. So I you know, got involved with the, uh, the, the, the sort of uh, student body, you know, and became president and this and that, you know, just something that's out of my box nature, you know, uh, my personality, but would push myself. So, so I would take business classes, you know, in, in college, I took all these different, I could have gotten a couple of majors, but I wound up just taking a whole bunch of classes that I felt would help me build uh, the strength because I knew eventually I did want to start a business. And, um, and with ADP, you know, what happened was uh, there was a couple things that were promised to me. It didn't, uh, didn't quite pan out, but a few of those accounts that I was referring to uh, asked me to do some things on the side. So I just started to build that up um, into the point where I felt comfortable I could leave ADP and then start that. So I was, I think, 24, maybe, uh, when I went out on, off on my own. And then what age was Art? R2I, what age was that? Uh, so R2I is much later. So much later? I, I was about 40 when I started R2I. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that's, that's what I want to bring into the conversation around my two business partners because this is not about me. R2I is about, you know, three of us starting this thing. Well, folks, I believe you had a little teaser right there. And we'll be right back. We'll learn about his, three, his other two business partners, R2I, how this all came about. As you can see, he has an entrepreneurial spirit. He was on a mission. We're going to talk a little bit about that, about the company, where is ECA going, what do they do, how can somebody, how can somebody hire them to do some of their work. We'll get into all that right after these messages, folks. for a job and provide follow-up services for success. 
it can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student with in-school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. All right, folks, we are back. Again, we are, Mr. Chris, thank you for so much for coming the show. Thank you so much. And he was Fun. telling us about two other partners. He was telling us about R2I. He gave us a little sneak peek in the beginning, like the first five minutes. But we didn't want to talk about it. We want to talk about him first. We learned about him growing up, Randolph Macon. He was a lax bro for a little bit. Did some lacrosse, computer science, worked a couple different companies, wanted to, his, wanted to be his own business. And then we, we fast forward about a couple years, two decades or whatever it may be. And we, you meet these two guys, two gentlemen. I'm going to tell, tell the story now. It's not my story. This is your uh, story. Tell us yeah. about R2I, how it's created. Yeah, so, so just working uh, up to that, you know, I, I basically, personally, I uh, started a, a company that did a lot of software development. We also did, you know, network support, built a lot of computers uh, <laughs> in my day. Sort of like jack of all trades. But I realized, in my opinion, where, where my love was, was on the, the coding and the mm. database and data side of things. So we really started to focus on that. And I went from having a whole bunch of people who are independent contractors to full-time employees. We were based in Columbia, built that up to about 15 people or so. And uh, you know some of our clients were like the NSA or Zurich Insurance and uh, some fun clients, but we were doing a whole bunch of back office type stuff. But we landed on, on an open source uh, uh, framework that was used for websites and you know, mm. public-facing websites. And my guys are all like me. They're tech nerds, if you will. And, um, and so they can make it work, but it didn't look good. Mm. And so, you know, Baltimore's Smaltimore. <laughs> so I had a network uh, of people around here. And, and so Matt Goddard and uh, Dave Taub had started a company called Round Two Communications, and they were a design firm. And so I approached them about helping us out on opportunities where they needed design and technology. Mm. Um, Matt would call it uh, inbreeding cats and dogs. <laughs> Not supposed to work, and you know, now it does, of course, right. but way back, if you will, you know, 15 plus years ago, it was novel, right? So, so anyway, we, we started um, basically winning some business together as separate companies. I'd like to uh, say I'd, I'd received a check from them, from them billing me, and they received an invoice from me to bill them, and you know, it was back and forth for about a year, you know, kind of like Somewhat getting in bed together, not mm -hmm. really thinking like, hey, we'd combine things. Um, but then one, one day we had an opportunity uh, from Gemstar TV Guide. Remember the grocery stores used to have those like magazines, they also had a <laughs> portal and all this other stuff and a website. So they needed uh, their, a revamp of their, of their extranet, like, a, um, like something for their customers to okay. go online, right? And so I asked Dave, Tom, you know, about, hey, you, know, you want to go after this together? Um, and so we did. 
And, and so we wound up winning, right? But it's funny, I called Dave up because they called me and told me the news. And uh, after telling us that we won, I called Dave up. I'm like, hey, Dave, um, I hate coming in second on these things, you know, us being competitive in nature. He goes, yeah, and he expected me to say we lost. And I said, guess what? We didn't come in second. Mm. Won this baby. And, uh, and so that was one of our first national accounts outside of Baltimore that we won together. Mm. So a bit of the light bulb went off. Uh, met with Matt Goddard uh, like a week or two later just for, for dinner. Um, and I'm like, Matt, you know, I, I think we've got something here. You know, why don't we formalize it? And um, it was pretty informal in terms of looking at everything, like you know, business valuation, all that, and in pretty short order, in about two months, uh, we just combined everything and, and created uh, R2 integrated. Uh, but Matt and Dave, they have a background in um, basically in kind of like strategy and design and, and running a business. So pretty, I call it the three-legged stool, right? So we had Matt, who was our CEO, uh, Dave was head of uh, creative, and I was head of technology. Mm. I like that. I like that. And so you guys started something. And did you think that, like, was you was Baltimore always going to be your home, or did you ever think about moving somewhere else? Like, you know how the tech boom was out in the West Coast. Did you guys always want to stay here? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I you know we were in Columbia because I live in Howard County. Mm -hmm. I did live in Baltimore by Patterson Park for a while, but we moved out, and uh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever to, to be in Baltimore and. And so we moved into um, uh, the can company in yep. Canton. Uh, we had top floor. We started with a, a footprint of a few thousand feet. Uh, by the time we left there in a couple uh, years, they had kicked us out in the way because we had grown too much. <laughs> we assumed, uh, consumed, if you will, a couple other offices. We were the biggest tenant in there. Um, but I used to love coming down and, and just hanging out and having that sort of blue collar feel. My dad grew up in Canton. Uh, St. Casmer's was his church, you know, oh. so, so just walking around that neighborhood, that blue-collar feel, it, it really felt like, like part of our culture, like what we were about. And also, I'd like to say, you know, from a Baltimore standpoint, we've got some awesome area, you know, academic uh, schools. And so, you know, to, to kind of nurture, it's like a farm system, you know, just getting people from these schools to come work for us, mm. it was great. We're kind of, Baltimore's sort of a tier two city, you know, so it's the cost of living, it's better. Um, so for you know, us, it was terrific, you know, in terms of all the things that we could um, uh, kind of take advantage of and be in this, this area. And, you know, lastly, we're all like big sports fans and we, we like to give back, you know, nonprofit and all that, you know, so, so we were all about building, you know, being one of these tech companies in Baltimore and building it up. And I, I love here. I love hearing about that. How many employees did you guys employ down, in, down when you were in Canton? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. We're probably... 50 to 60 maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, and then we, um, like I say, we outgrew it. So then we moved uh, downtown. Uh, so the Inner Harbor right across uh, from the aquarium, we got a, a top story of one of the buildings there. Um, and at first we were sort of like, hmm, are people really going to like that? Uh, but we were one of the first tech companies to move downtown. And a little bit of that revitalization, you know, going on in terms of like uh, companies coming back into, you know, the Inner Harbor area. Um, so it really is a great experience. In fact, the, the very first uh, weekend we were there, it was one of the, um, uh, I think it was like the bicentennial of the Star Spangled Banner, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. But we had the, um, the Thunderbirds and what flying around, they're practicing. And I mean, it, it couldn't have been a better weekend to like open up, if you will, downtown. Wow. So give us like some of your big accounts that you guys had when you guys 
move from there to from Canton to Balt downtown? Like, curious, yeah. like, some big accounts that you guys are like, like, what made when you guys, what was that moment? So it's a two-part question. Big account, and then what was that moment when you guys sat in the room and were like, is this really happening? Like, is this, like, everybody has that moment where you're like, wow, let's go, let's go order the big bottle of champagne. Let's, <laughs> or not even that. Just like, like let, when, was, when was that moment? How did that feel? And like, what are your thoughts? So like, when you think back about it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, 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 you can be proud of it, right? Not, yeah, not, right. not just individually, just like collectively, team, yeah. right? It's a whole team. Um, and, and it's funny because we, we definitely have a footprint here in Baltimore. Um, we, we really aspired for a national you know, kind of presence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some area companies around here, I mean, we have like BG&E Home and Exxon and, um, um, you know, Johns Hopkins, uh, both the hospital and Cary Business School. You know, I could go on and on around local. Uh, but we also had like Microsoft as a big account. Mm. Um, we had, uh, you know, Cisco, um, you know, just a lot of big national accounts. It's, it is kind of always fun to, to see like a, a logo you know, you watch a sporting event, you see the logo, and you're like, hey, they're an account of ours, you know? And mm. it's, um, yeah, that, that's, I, I do get a little, little sentimental and a little proud when I see that kind of thing. I like that. So let's talk about you guys were downtown and the pandemic hits. You were still, you're still downtown when the pandem pandem oh, pandemic yeah, hit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's going through your mind? Pandemic's hitting, the world's changing, people were coming in office four or five days a week at that time period. Every day. Every day. The, yeah. world, the world changes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, we were extremely collaborative company in terms of like, you know, side by side, whiteboard in the room, um, ideation, you know, get customers come in. That's one of the great things about downtown. We'd get them to come in. Our conference room had this like outstanding view of the harbor. Um, you know, it was just, it was a lot of vibe in the office. It was a lot mm. of fun. People wanted to be there. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, it's, we're not unlike, Thousands of people and thousands of companies overnight, it all changed, right? So, um, you know, I think I, the way I kind of look at that is um, the ways we problem solve changed a bit. You know, I think, I think for us, for instance, uh, operationally, we didn't miss a beat. We were set up where you could work remote, work from home. You know, we had things like, you know, uh, collaborative tools already in place. We had a a cloud-based way we could store files. So that, that wasn't a problem for us. Um, but, you know, really, if you look at problem solving, like, you know, getting the work done, uh, you know, how, how did that happen, you know? And, like, we had to kind of rethink, you know, better ways of communicating, being more, you know, from managers, you know, their perspective, being more intimate than, you know, having the ability to just walk up someone, you know, at their desk. You got to, like, think, okay, what's going to make the most sense, you know, in problem solving around this? You know, from a marketing standpoint, heck, we had, uh, you know, I mean, Brittany's in, you know, behind you right there, but we had to come up with different ways that we could attract, you know, new clients. You know, and, and, you know, before we would have people, like I say, come in the office or their conferences. So we came up with these, like, experiential type of events. Mm -hmm. You know, we sent people microbrews from the area. And we had the brewmasters, you know, attend. Mm -hmm. And they talk about their brews as people are, you know, having a beer, you know, for a happy hour. I mean, just fun stuff because people get, get kind of like uh, overwhelmed by these Zoom meetings. Okay? So mm -hmm. we'd come up with things like that. For sales, you know, I, I've always done business development, right? So very much a trusted, you know, kind of relationship. Um, you know, meet people, you do a presentation, but then you take them to dinner afterwards. That's gone. You know, now it's like you do the Zoom, 
you cut it off and there's a relationship. Mm -hmm. We really had to work on, you know, building that relationship, coming up with ways that, that weren't solicitation, but, you know, really about like trust building. Um, that was just, just key. I mean, you just had to evolve and pivot, you know, in, in different ways. That's interesting because I always, you always try, I ask everybody that question. What, how did you pivot? How did you figure out things out? Because when I did the podcast, I would have people come over to my basement <laughs> and we interviewed during a basement. And then yeah. you're like, I'm not letting anybody in my house. This is not happening. We're not doing that. And, you know, I didn't know about Zoom. Huh. I didn't know. Yeah, I never heard of, I mean, I'd, I'd never heard about any Zooms, I had, any of that stuff. And then you find yourself, oh, I guess how am I going to keep the podcast going? I guess Zoom is the only way. We're going to figure this out. So I like how you're, you had to think outside the box on uh, business-wise and figure out what to do and what figure out how to be creative oh, yeah. with a lot of the relationships. Through the pandemic, what's the biggest thing you have learned from the pandemic that you've taken, that you have taken away, that you're like, you probably didn't know back then, but now you're doing it differently now? What's, like, what's the biggest takeaway you've taken away from there? Like, probably you would never have done. You would never have done it in a million years yeah. before the pandemic. But now you're like, I've changed a little bit. Uh, we've, yeah, we've had to change a lot, uh, especially around hiring practices. I mean, frankly, you know, I've got, I've got three kids, two of which are in their 20s mm -hmm. and, like, starting their careers. You know, their mindset is definitely changed. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the things they've had to go through, I feel bad for them. Their, you know, college experiences, high school experiences the last couple of years. Um, but even, like, the, the work environment for them. But they're, they're kind of, um, uh, you know, them and our employees, you know, you have that great resignation. You have the work from home, work from anywhere, you know, mm -hmm. kind of going on. So one of our biggest things was, uh, you know, prior to this was work in our office. Like there's so much collaboration that's done. We really didn't um, like the fact that people work from home uh, on a frequent basis. We didn't mind occasionally. Um, and we had at one point offices around the country in Seattle and uh, around Silicon Valley in Utah, New York. Um, and we made sure like there were people that would come to those offices you know, that lived in that area every day. So one of the obvious things that happened was supply and demand. You know, people expected that they could work from anywhere, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, you know, I mentioned, like, operationally, we were fine. We could handle that. Um, I think over the course of, of COVID and the pandemic, um, we just had better ways that, that we felt comfortable about that. And, frankly, we were put in the position that, that listen, if that's the way the world is right now, we've got to change. They're not going to change around us, right? So we're going to lose people or we're not going to gain really good people if we don't adapt and accept that. So that, that's, you know, one of the big things that we did. I think another thing, we've always, um, we've always looked to, to give back. You know, so we've always been involved with different types of, you know, nonprofits. And, um, and so, like, what we've, you know, from a cultural standpoint, that can be a challenge just just you know making sure people get the the feeling of the company and and like helping contribute not just in what you're doing like day to day and what's mm -hmm. billable if you will um so like right now this month uh we've got a campaign with like feeding america mm -hmm. uh you know where everybody in the whole company is kind of like rallying and um and they're in their local areas wherever they are 
you know, they're going to the, the local, you know, meal kitchens and helping out there, or they're, you know, doing something or raising some donations. And Feeding America is one of our clients, so it's it's a feel-good, you know, kind of story, but it's also building, you know, that rally, that that culture in the company. Um, so, you know, they just got to adapt. Now, where you, you mentioned a little bit, you have office. Are you guys have offices across the U.S. or or where, where, where are you guys' offices now, and where are all your employees located? Are they in various states? Yeah, I mean, uh, candidly, um, we moved over to Harbor East in Baltimore due to the pandemic. So our, our lease was up over there by the aquarium. Our footprint was much larger than what we needed. Um, and so we moved over here. Uh, and, and we actually have shut down the other offices in, in the other cities, okay. even though we have people there. Um, so this is headquarters, and this is our only office, physical office, that is. Um, and we've gotten people in here. Uh, you know, we had probably uh, 50 or so of our people here um, uh, earlier in the summer. And uh, so it's great to finally, like, meet people for the first time and or just, you know, be able to kind of hang out and see them in person, right, and be able to give them a hug or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah, that, that's uh, where everybody works remote. We, you know, we're fine with that, and um, uh, it's worked out really well for us. Wow, but yeah, and that's a huge pivot. I mean, that's yeah, a lot of offices all across. And now you're just like, hey, remote, and then which which is amazing. Where do you see? Where do you see the company in the next couple of years? Where do you see it's going? Where do you see? Because business is booming. People are back out here working like crazy right now. Where do you see it? Where do you see things going? Yeah, I mean that, that's a million dollar question, right? And and uh, you know, I'd like to say you can't rest on last year's success. Mm -hmm. So you, you definitely have to like you know adapt and change and see what the landscape is. You get a lot of that feedback from you know what your direct clients are saying to you. Mm -hmm. um, you also get you know feedback, if you will, or you have to kind of like listen to what's going on from a macro level. You know, we're we're a marketing company, so one of the first things that goes when the economy starts going south. This marketing budget, mm -hmm. right? So, so you know, we have to kind of adapt and, and be you know lean um, where we can do more with less, um, <laughs> you know. But I think there's some exciting things that are going on, um, you know, in the world of marketing. We really are important for you know organization success, um, and uh, and so I think the technologies that are out there, different channels that are opening up that. Uh, like this podcast, right? Is, is you know great, great. I need forum. some marketing help. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's talk after, right? But um, so yeah, I I, I do. Th you know, it's always interesting because we're uh, you know somewhat at the cutting edge and, and forefront of mm -hmm. all that, and so the clients and technologies are going to be driving that, and um, and being part of that is it's just going to be fun. I love to hear that. What do you want people to walk away from this interview? From you and I talked for the last. Song. Like, what do you want people to think and walk, take away from this? Yeah, um, I guess you know this is I, 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 for me. It, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. You know, 15 years plus, and anybody, anybody that stays in one company for that long, much less you know we founded it. Um, you know, in this case, we we just had some great people along the way that helped you know build this company, and um, they've been loyal and they've worked hard and uh, they've been dedicated. Um, you know, I think the one takeaway I would say, you know, kind of what I've learned, if you will, is that uh, hire for culture first. I think that's so key mm. and important. Uh, skill set is second. You'll find somebody skill set wise on you know, your resume, for, you know, search, um, but make sure they are the right fit. Mm. Um, and then, you know, if they are, you're going to wind up with a core set of people, core teams, core members that will, you know, follow the vision 
uh, that you put in front and the goals that you put in front. And I mean, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. Mm, I like I like the hire for culture. I like that. I really do. I, I, I'm gonna hold that. Can I hold that for that? Yeah. Right, I'm gonna hold that one. <laughs> um, last question. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, again, I, I, I think I'll answer this one from like a personal standpoint, right? So I, I started the company when I was over 40. Mm-hmm. Just had my, uh, my third child, you know, baby. It's, it's pretty much a, uh, a big risk, you know, time period. You're, you're kind of supposed to be somewhat, you know, conservative at that point. <laughs> but I, I believed, I really believed that this, uh, this could work, you know, and, uh, and I worked super hard, or su- worked super hard before that, like many hours in the day, worked afterwards. And, uh, and Matt Goddard, my other co-founder and business partner, um, you know, one day early on when we started R2I, pulled me aside and he goes, Chris, you know, you know you're working too hard. And I, I go, well, you know, got so many things to do. I'm a taskless guy. I've got, you know, he goes, Chris, not about working hard. It's about working smart. Okay. And, and I, I was like, what, you know, what do you mean by that? And he's just like, it, it, you know, you can, you can work 40 hours or you can work 10 if you accomplish what you got to get done. And, you know, just think that way. You got to work mm. smart, you know, and it's always kind of like stuck with me. Mm. All right. So we always do a quick speed round for everybody comes to the show. So it's one of the favorites. So quick crabs or crab cakes? Crabs. All right. With beer. With beer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Ice cream or snowballs? Ice cream. Really? Absolutely. Okay, you know Baltimore is Snowball City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. All right. For chicken wings, drums or flats? Oh, uh, yeah, drums. Blue to be honest with you, I'm not a chicken wing guy. No. I get all, you know, gets all messy in my hands. You don't hand. like it. You don't like getting dirty. I'm not a chicken wing guy. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, all right. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Do you like spring or fall? Uh, that's a good one. Um... Yeah, I think spring. So I, I'm a cyclist, and it kind of like, you know, the, the, the warmer weather and just, you know, the potential of summer around the corner and getting outside. So I, I'll, I'll go with that. But, it's a, you know, fall's a close second. A Mac or a PC? Oh, PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to throw a technology. I had to throw something in there, technology. Yeah. But thank you so much, Mr. Chris, for your time. I've learned a lot about you, learned a lot about RTUI. This has been an amazing conversation. And, again, this is a company that's from Baltimore, owners are in Baltimore. They're doing amazing things in the field of marketing, technologies. They're doing amazing things. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. This has been fun. All right. Enjoyed and, it. And where can we find you guys online? Is there any, you have, what's your website? Do you have a website? Yeah, just, just uh, uh, you know, r2integrated.com. So r, the number two, integrated.com. Are you guys on social media? So we can do social media here on all those? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We'll put the handles in at the end of the episode for people to look out. Again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being an amazing just just host. You guys have been rolled to red carpet. Ms. Brittany, thank you so much for this opportunity. This has been amazing. My man behind the field still. Paul, appreciate you. Folks, thank you guys so much. Love, peace, we're out.